Why fast? Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Why fast? See, God created the human body to require food to keep it operating. To make sure that the body gets fuel, God created us with an appetite. That's why you and I get hungry. See, eating satisfies our appetites and it gives us strength to do the things and the activities that we have to do that day. So why would a person choose to fast, to go without food for a period of time? See, there was a time in the early days of Jesus's ministry when he met a woman at the well. Jesus knew that she was going to be there and he specifically went at midday to meet her there. And when she arrived, Jesus said, could I have a drink? Because it was hot outside. And the woman being a Samaritan woman looked at Jesus knowing that Jews were religiously prejudiced against Samaritans. And she knew that Jesus was a Jew just by his appearance and knew that he would never ask her to give him a drink of water because it was against their standards, their religious regulations. And yet Jesus said, would you give me a drink? And so the woman argued with him a little bit. Come on, she got a little snarky with Jesus at the well. Told him who he was. She told him, you know who I am. Why are you asking me for a drink? So if you've ever come with a little bit of attitude towards Jesus, <laughs> you're in good company. But this is what Jesus said to her. If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I wanna focus on this phrase, if you knew, if you knew. See, I want us to have a if you only knew moment here this morning. I want us to have a moment that if we only knew, if I took time as an individual to pray and fast and seek God, what could happen? If I only knew what God could do in the life of a family who sets aside their routine schedules and their routine plans for the next 21 days and says, we're gonna lay this down, but we're gonna pick up family devotions. We're gonna pick up time with God together. We're gonna pick up a time of prayer. If we only knew what God could do. If we only knew what God could do in a city where a church said, okay, we're gonna to gather together and we're gonna to focus for the next 21 days to seek the face of God to hear his voice, to know his will, to do the things that pleases him. My goodness, what could God do through a church and its people who went after him for 21 days? What could happen? Anything, amen, amen. And I want us to walk out of here knowing, and maybe we're not gonna know the whole piece of the puzzle, but if we could only see a sliver, if we only knew a sliver, of what God could do. The scripture says, if you only have but a mustard seed, right? Only the size of a mustard seed of faith, we can see the impossible. And so let's pray. Would you pray with me? Bow your, bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Jesus, I am incredibly grateful for you. And I know, Lord, that you can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And so right now, I pray, Father, that you would open our hearts you would open our spirits. I pray and I actually command because we have authority in the name of Jesus. So if there is any spiritual obstacle in front of someone hearing the word today, I command it to be gone in the mighty name of Jesus. And we take authority over and we say, Father, you have a clear path. Holy Spirit, you have a clear path to speak to us today. In Jesus's mighty name, come on. Amen, amen, and amen. And so what is it, what is fasting, right? What does this look like? See, physical fasting is a detoxification of the body 
through the restriction of food. Now, this is a good thing. Many of us may have taken a part of a fast because of health purposes. When we remove certain types of food from our body, it's actually very beneficial. Research shows that simply a 24-hour fast every so often can help with cardiovascular issues. It could help with liver. It could help rejuvenate and refresh your system. It could even help prevent memory loss. It's incredible what it can do for us. Research is even finding that even doing 24-hour fasts occasionally are helping fight different types of cancer. It's literally a reboot physically for your body. Fasting has numerous, numerous things that it can do for us physically. But I also want to show us that fasting can be accomplished for spiritual purposes. Fasting, when we go and we make a decision that I'm going to refrain from certain things, this fasting can actually serve a spiritual purpose in our lives. And I want to give you some examples of this throughout the Bible. Because I feel that it is my life's mission, the reason why I am born and on this planet, is to take the word of God and make it easier to understand. I do not think that the Bible is supposed to be like a foreign object that we are afraid to touch or afraid to engage in or feel that we could never comprehend the words of God. I believe it is God's number one communication with us and that he wants his mysteries, he wants his will, his purpose to be made known. He doesn't want it to be a secret. And so I love the opportunity to stand before, whether it's a one person, five people, or a church like ours to say, hey, let's open up the word of God together. Because I believe with all my heart, God wants to speak to us this morning. And so I want to go to a couple of places in scripture where we see both men and women, women dedicating time to prayer and fasting. And I want us to get excited with the scripture because what God has done for others, God can do for us. The Bible tells us that so many miracles happened in the life and ministry of Jesus that were, there were not enough books to put those miracles in. And the Father, Jesus, before he went to be with the Father, he commissioned you and I that we're going to do greater works than he did. And so the amazing power and authority and anointing of God did not stop when Jesus returned to the Father. It was actually given upon to his people to do the work and the will of Jesus. And so when we get into these times of prayer and fasting, it opens up opportunities, guys, that we could never dream of on our own. And so I want you to think of Moses. Let's go old school for a moment. Moses. Moses, when he led the people out of Egypt, the Lord had asked him to come into his presence at Mount Sinai. Now Moses, in fact, went up there, and the scripture says, for 40 days and 40 nights, in all that time, he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets. So Moses had very little warning about what he was about to get into. The Lord had simply told him, hey, I need you to chisel out two, two pieces of stone. So it could be like, hey, I'm going to call you. Like, say, say the Lord is speaking to you. I'm going to call you. I'm going to need you to bring a notebook. <laughs> And you come to that meeting and you have no idea how long that meeting is going to be. You don't know what the Lord is going to say. But you are just in awe that God said, I want to meet with you. Do you know that prayer and fasting is an invitation of God saying, I want to meet with you. And so Moses goes up onto this mountain with these two stone tablets and ends up being there for 40 days and 40 nights. And it's there that he comes down off of that mountain with the commandments of God. 
It says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he was not aware that his face had become radiant because he had just spoken to the Lord. Now, I got to ask you, friends, have you ever been in a really good worship moment with Jesus? Like, it is just so good, and you are just soaking up all of his presence. You are crying. Come on, let's be real. Snot is coming out, and you're like, ooh, I didn't know things could come out of my nose and my eyeballs and all. It's just it's messy, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. And I find it interesting. I'm like, God, why can't we come out glowing? I look like I just got physically assaulted when I come out of the presence of God. Mascara all over the face, snot on my sleeve. And Moses comes out glowing because he had met face to face face with God. It's amazing. It's amazing what can happen when we say, Lord, I want to meet with you. Or where the Lord puts it on your heart that I want to meet with you. And now, hear me. Anyone ever been waking up in the middle of the night? I woken up early. God, I want to speak to you. Now, anyone ever gone back to bed? Yeah, let's be real. I, I've done that. I've done that where I felt like the Lord had asked me for something special or come be with me. And I'm like, today's not the day. I don't want to miss those moments of the next 21 days. I want to lean in and I want to see what the Lord has. You know, what about David? See, David's is a little bit different of a predicament because God did not invite him to come have a meeting with him. In fact, David had just been confronted by the prophet Nathan. And what God would do in those days is that he would use a person to speak a message to others. And so Nathan was the prophet during that day. And we know from scripture that David had really messed up. That David had took another woman that was not his wife. He slept with her. She got pregnant. When he could not conceal the pregnancy, he ended up murdering her husband. He had her husband murdered. And then just went on living and took her as his wife. And it was through the prophet Nathan that God confronted David and said, because you have done this, this child will not live. He can't live. And so David took it upon himself to go into a fast. It said David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and he laid all night on the bare ground. When people asked him, David, why? He said, I fasted and I wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and will spare the child. Do you know a lot of people will go into a fast hoping that their predicament will change? Hoping that God will change the course of the situation and that he will come through. David prayed and he fasted. What about Esther? Esther was an orphan. Her mom and dad were dead. A cousin of hers took her on as his responsibility and adopted her. Well, in the time that Esther was living, the Jews were not free. She was a Jewish woman. And the Jews were not free. In fact, they were in Babylonian captivity. We've learned about this before. And under Babylonian captivity, the king of Persia said goodbye, Felicia, to his existing wife. She made him mad. She broke a law. And he said, peace out. You're out of here. You're you're, you're banished. I need a new wife. And so what he does, because he is the king of Persia, he opens up the the opportunity for anyone to become his wife. If you are young and if you are good looking, you are invited to come to his harem, which is a women's quarters, to live at his palace. And for 12 months, you are going to go through beauty treatments to prepare yourself for one night with the king of Persia. Esther, not of her idea, but of the law of the land and of the ushering of her cousin Mordecai, she enters into this harem system. And favor is upon her. The Lord is with her. And she spends 12 months doing what everybody told her to do. 
And she ends up being picked by the king. Now some of us are like, yay, and I'm like, exploitation, right? But God used it. And so now we come to a situation in the scripture where there is a man in the king of Persia's courts who hates the Jews. And because of his deep hatred for the Jews, he wants them extinguished. He wants to do mass genocide against them. And he's able to work it into the system where the king actually decrees that every Jew could die. And so Mordecai, this cousin of Esther, pleads to Esther that you have to do something. And for the first time in Esther's life, she actually gets to give a command. She's been doing what everybody else told her to do. But the first time she gets the opportunity to take action, the first time she gets the opportunity to use her voice, she calls the people to a fast. Do you know when God is giving you a place and time in this world to do something significant? My friends, I could not encourage you more than to dedicate that time in prayer and fasting. That the Lord has put you in such a position of power, of influence, of authority, where he's asking you to do something in which you have no idea what the outcome is, but you know that you know that you know that it is his will for you to do it, begin with fasting. And so she said, no, Mordecai, you listen to me. And you call on the Jews, and you tell everyone to go without food for three days. And I'm going to go without food for three days. And I'm going to tell all of the ladies who serve me to go without food for three days. And then I'm going to go talk to the king. And we're going to see what God does. And we know the story. She was able to step into the position to speak to the king. And the Lord used her to save the Jewish nation. It's awesome. But I love it. I think Spider-Man said it. Great authority comes great responsibility, right? (laughs) With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. But for us, too, in the spiritual sense, God's calling, his ministry, his kingdom, what a beautiful, beautiful responsibility and power that we have. And with that, I want to seek him. The last one I want to share with you today is Daniel. Daniel. Again, these are people who were put into situations. David went and made his situation. But Moses was put into a situation that he didn't ask God for. God chose him, right? God used Esther, and God used Daniel. Daniel was a a young man in the same time frame around the time of Esther. And he, too, was under Babylonian captivity. but But God used him in great ways. From the age of a young man, he was so distinguished. From the young age of a young man, he was set apart with wisdom and knowledge and favor of God. But he didn't just do and use that favor to esteem his own life. He said, I have a responsibility for others. And we find Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, brokenhearted over the condition of his people. Brokenhearted, realizing that we got ourselves into this own mess. It was our disobedience that really ticked the Lord off. We walked away from his ways. We turned our backs on God. But instead of blaming, he began to intercede for people. And we find Daniel, in Daniel chapter 9, he says, Our God, he's already decided to fast. He's going without food, and he is praying, Our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Oh my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See your city, the city that bears your name. It lies in ruins. And this is what I want us to catch. We make this plea not because we deserve help. Friends, do you know how often 
because we feel that we don't deserve rescuing from the Lord. We feel that we've made our own mess and now we have to lie in it. Or we don't deserve because I don't, I don't live enough. I don't surrender enough. I don't do enough that I can't go and request something of the Lord. He said, it's not because I deserve your help. He cleared that up. We messed up, Lord. We don't deserve your help. But because of your mercy. See, friends, the Bible tells us that God cannot change. It means that he is merciful regardless of our situation. Regardless of our actions, our intentions, our motivations, what we do, what we think, he is merciful. He says, oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay. Oh my God, for your people in your city, bear your name. You know, it's not wrong to remind God of some things. It's not wrong to go to prayer and say, Father, we're your people. I'm your daughter. 14 years ago, you, you said something to me, Father, and I still haven't seen it come to pass. And with your mercy, and I'm asking you, God, open your ears to me. Could I see this? It's not wrong to keep reminding him. It's not wrong to keep praying. So whether we want to fast and pray to connect with God like Moses, maybe we're like David and we want a change in our predicament. Maybe it's courage and strength like Esther. Or maybe it is to rescue because of your great mercy like Daniel. Fasting is important. In fact, it should be a regular habit, a regular practice of followers of Jesus. So if you're saying, okay, I get the why I fast. I'm there, Lindsay. I, I, I I got you. But how do I fast? How do I fast? See, spiritual fasting, it entails setting aside activities as well as reducing the intake of food and replacing, again, there's that word replace, replacing these activities with the exercise of prayer and the focus on spiritual things. It's a focus of spiritual things. So what do, what do Jeremy and I do? Number one, we remove entertainment. We do. I'm not going to watch TV over these 21 days. I'm only going to engage in social media um, for church purposes or sharing things about the fast. My scrolling pauses. Why? Because I'm removing so that I can replace. Anyone get those screen time alerts at the end of the week, right? You're like, oh, dear Lord, what did I do with my life? (laughs) Right? I feel like I should be falling down on my knees and repenting right then and there for the waste of my life, Lord. I could be building businesses, changing lives, doing my laundry. Like, I could be doing a lot of things. But what we're going to do over the next 21 days is we're going to decide, right? You get to decide as an individual. We decide as a couple. What are we going to remove? We've even asked our 11-year-old son. We said, Levi, what, what is something that you really enjoy that you would be willing to set aside? It takes some of your time. But you would set aside a part of your day that we can pray and seek God together as a family. Got a little nervous. But he said he's thinking about it. We remove comfort foods. We do. We remove the, the things that we go to to make our day feel better. The things that we go to when we're sad or frustrated. We remove the comfort foods and replace them with healthy nutrition. That's where we get the Daniel fast from. Daniel refrained from rich foods and delicious treats. And he focused in on really vegetables and clean eating. And gave that time to the Lord. See, I, I know fasting is hard. Because it, it takes from you. 
It also gives to you, but it takes from you. It really is about removal. And I remember four years ago, we were about to enter into a Daniel fast at the church. We'd just spoken about it that day at church, and we were about to start that Monday morning when that evening I got a phone call. And it was a phone call that I was not expecting. It was a phone call to inform me that my family and I had been a victim of a crime. And when I heard about the crime and what had happened, see, we'd had our home broken into before. And I remember that. It was before Levi was born, and that was a violation. But when I was hearing the details of this crime, it felt like someone had broken into my soul. That night, I remember I couldn't sleep. I I just laid on the couch all night long, off and on, bawling my eyes out, feeling completely violated. And I remember at about 4 o'clock in the morning, I told the Lord, that's it. I am building a wall. That's what I said. This person who had, people who had committed the crime against us had access to our lives. And in my pain and in my hurt, I told the Lord, that's it, I'm building a wall. And I kid you not, within a moment, I heard his response. Clear as day as if someone would have spoken it out loud to me. He said, you can build a wall, but you have to leave the door open. This is the picture that came to my mind. I wanted to build a fortress because I had never wanted to feel the pain that I felt when I learned what had happened. I never wanted to experience that. But my idea of building a fortress was not going to allow people to come in. And when the Lord spoke to me, Lindsay, build your wall. See, friends, God wants you to feel safe. God wants you to feel secure. But God also wants you to be available to the supernatural things that he can do. And when we decide that we're going to build walls or when we decide that we're going to lock the doors and let people in, we're actually choosing to deal with our hurts and our pains without the power and the presence of the Lord. And so when he answered me, you can build a wall, but you have to leave the door open. I felt like I got a punch in the gut. Because my initial reaction was, I'm the victim. But I learned that even when we are the victim of something, even as we, we receive things or experience things that we did absolutely nothing to deserve, although something had happened to me, God wanted to do a work in me. And that is the mystery of God. That is why Jesus does not always make sense. That's why the Pharisees and the religious people got so frustrated with God because it didn't make sense that something was done to you, but God wanted to do something in you. That God would use the very thing that was meant to harm you, that hurts you, that caused you pain, that wanted to make you quit your job, quit your life, go hide in a hole and never come back. And yet God said, no, Lindsay, I still want people to have access to your life. So y'all, I started the fast that day. I wanted to run and bury myself in Netflix. I wanted to go eat all the pizza in the world to make my broken heart feel better. I wanted to. But for 21 days, I got no earthly comfort. I sought Jesus. And what I learned was I learned vulnerability because I had to share broken parts of me with others. I was in a situation where I was not allowed to represent myself. My family could not represent their self. 
Someone had to speak on our behalf. That's hard if you have walls up and doors closed. But I'm so grateful that God just stuck his foot in that door before I could shut it. And he did an amazing work. Do you know what's crazy about that? Is that we were entering that fast, Jeremy and I, with the purpose of praying for you, Lorenzo. Lorenzo was not yet on staff. And he and I, Jeremy and I, saw a call of God on Lorenzo's life. And we believed that the Lord was going to use Lorenzo mightily and that we thought his next step was here at Avenue. And for 21 days, we were asking God to speak to Lorenzo and Alita. We were asking the Lord to provide the finances that we could bring him on, on staff. Can you imagine if I would have tapped out that night? And I wouldn't have trusted. And I wouldn't have left a door open. How could he have come into a church environment where half the leadership was closed off, hurt and broken? Aren't you grateful Lorenzo's here? Yeah. I'm thankful for Jesus. And I have to ask myself, who would I be today if I chose comfort and hiding instead of hard work, heart work, and Jesus? See, spiritual fasting is not a diet. It's not a diet. Will you lose weight? Yes, depending on what you do. It's okay. Your your, your arteries will thank you. (laughs) Right? Our arteries, our, our bodies will thank you. You're not harming yourself. In fact, we don't want you to harm yourself. We don't want you. 40 days is not recommended. We're doing clean eating. Maybe you're going to sacrifice a meal once a day. Maybe you're going to go without breakfast. And you're going to spend that time, that 20 minutes, instead of eating cereal, you're going to pray. Some of you guys are bougie. Maybe make an omelet. I don't know. (laughs) But you're going to pray. And you're going to seek Jesus. And you're going to get into his word. See, when you're fasting... You're aware of your stomach at all times, right? When something's been taken away from you, that's all you think about. And literally, I'm going to be eating a salad. I'm not going without, but all I can think about is that burger, right? But when you're fasting, you're aware of your stomach at all times. It makes you aware of the reason you're abstaining from food. Why am I abstaining from food? Because intimacy with God. I'm not abstaining from food to lose five pounds. I'm not abstaining from food because that's what my church is doing. I want to know and connect with God, and I want him to know me better. See, God is not impressed with the outward actions of your fast. In fact, that's why Jesus, in the book of Matthew, when he's doing the Sermon on the Mount, he tells you, don't tell everybody you're fasting. Don't not put your makeup on. Don't not put your regular clothes on. Don't walk around looking like a hungry zombie. Like, get ready, go about your day. Because he's more concerned about about your inside, right? The secret of any fast is not what you keep from entering the stomach, but what comes out of the heart. God is primarily concerned with your inner person, not your outer body. So to do that, how do we make it spiritual and not just about food, right? Because we have to see I'm being physically emptied, but I am being spiritually filled. That's what's going to happen over the next 21 days. I'm physically emptying my schedule. I'm physically emptying my body of some things it really doesn't need. And I'm being spiritually filled. Well, the difference that makes this a spiritual thing and not just a healthy thing is we got to have a prayer focus. We've got to have a prayer focus. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? I can tell you as a family, my son goes into sixth grade this year. And Jeremy and I, we've had a plan for the last four years of when Jeremy, or when Levi would go into sixth grade. 
But as we're living out this school year, we realized, did we even ask God where God wants Levi to go for sixth grade? We've had a plan and we've been saving for that sixth grade year, but God, what do you have for him? Because if I truly believe that my son is set apart and that God has things for him, just like God has things for your children, that God knows Levi, knows his steps, sees where he's going to go, he knows what life is going to have for him, then I want to seek Jesus on where my son is supposed to go to school. And hear me, we've told him this. We said, you better pray too, bro. (laughs) We're going to see who prays more. Because he is gunning for one school and we're gunning for the other. But ultimately, we're submitting to whatever the Lord puts on our hearts. And hear me, I believe God is that good that he will talk to an 11-year-old, a 39-year-old, and a 38-year-old. He's going to speak to us all. And we're going to listen and we're going to obey. What is he praying for your family? What is he praying? What what do you want to focus on for the next 21 days? Is there something that God has been putting on your heart? And hear me, just because you're married doesn't mean you ain't two different people. (laughs) We are two different people with two different needs. Things that I'm asking God for, Jeremy's asking God for something completely different. He's seeking the Lord for choices and decisions and and things like that. So what's your prayer focus? What's your prayer focus? As a church, we're believing God for more. We're believing that families from across this valley, individuals are going to make their home at Avenue Church. And we believe that this isn't just going to be any home. This is going to be a home of hope and healing in Jesus' name. We believe that in 2023, God is going to shake up the routine here. And we are going to see him do things that we have not seen him do in previous years. We are believing for more. We're believing for a permanent home for Avenue Church. A permanent home. We do not own the space that we are in, but we believe that one day God will have us own a space. And so whether that is realized this year or God puts an amount on our hearts to start going towards or he puts a location in our hearts to be believing for or if he says, I need you and your team to go speak to this executive or this store owner, we want to do the will of God when he wills it. And so home is the word for our church this year that we are praying for, for these 21 days of prayer and fasting. But I'm going to plead with you, church. Do we have the picture of the family? Could we go to the picture of the Jiva family, please? I'm asking that as my church family, that you would pray for a family that is very dear to my heart. This is my beautiful friend, Amritha. And this is her husband, Pradeepan. And this is their daughter, Nala, and their son, Obi. And one day they will be here speaking at Avenue. And one day they will share their full story of how God has used them. They are pastors in Washington State. And God is doing incredible things with their family. But see, their son, Obi here, is on the spectrum. He is autistic. And Obi is nonverbal. He is unable to communicate. And for years, my friends have been praying for him. Their church has been praying for him, believing for breakthrough in Obi's life. And now they are at such a fork in the road because Obi is experiencing things that he cannot control and he has no release from. And so as her friend, I am committing over the next 21 days that every morning, every night, Throughout the day, I am praying for healing for Obi. I am praying for miracles for Obi. 
that he would have relief from what he is experiencing. And I'm asking that if my church family, if you would write down his name, maybe if you take a camera out and you take a picture of that screen, and would you pray for me, with me, for my friends and Obi? I believe that at the end of this 21 day fast, we could hear of awesome stories. We could hear of miracles and hear me, they don't always work exactly how we wanted them to. It may not come in the form that we have desired, but God is going to do what he does. And my God is a good God. My God is a faithful God. Your God loves you. And he does not wish to cause destruction in your life. He does not cause harm in your life. He will work it all out for good. So whatever breakthrough looks like in Obi's life, in the eyes and the will of God, that is what I want to partner with. But I want to call on heaven. I want you through prayer and fasting, believe that my God is going to hear the cries of my heart. And he is going to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ask, think, or imagine. So believe with me for Obi, as I also believe with you for what God is putting on your heart. See, what I love about the next 21 days of, of prayer and fasting is that we're actually going to have an online experience together. So you are not holed up by yourself doing this. Every day we're going to engage. You're going to be able to share what you're praying for, what you're believing with, what the God, what God is speaking to you. We're going to cheer you on in that. We're going to be there with you. We are literally locking arms. I don't want you to think of I'm holding your hand and I'm dragging you somewhere you don't want to go. No, I'm offering an invitation to take my arm, to take Jeremy's arm, to take the arms of men and women. And come on, some children are participating in this. And we're gonna link arms together and we're gonna see, God, what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? Will you stand with me, please? So whether we're fasting for breakthrough, we're fasting for change, we're fasting for direction, we're fasting for healing, we're fasting for connection, whatever the reason is, Jesus is your reward. Whatever the reason that says, yes, I'm gonna step into these next 21 days, Jesus is my reward and he's, his, he's your reward. So while you're standing up, take out your phone real quick. Hover that camera right over here or text the word FAST to 727-8280. Add in that 702. And this is what's gonna allow us to do this together. It's gonna allow us to participate as a community. You gotta love technology, man. Disciples were like, meet me at the stable at two o'clock, right? Actually, it wouldn't be too bad. It's like when the sun is like right here, <laughs> we get to say, get online at 7 a.m. when the video goes live. With this, you're gonna get daily text reminders. Don't get mad, you signed up for this. We're gonna wake you up, not too early, but five minutes before that 7 a.m., we would love to text you. And we'd love to remind you like, guys, for 21 days, this is what we're doing. If you're like, I'm not awake at seven. I, I work all night. Turn your phone off. Get the reminder when you wake up. Okay, we can do this. And I want to do this with you. I want to end with this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus was having a really serious moment with his disciples. And he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple, they, they must deny themselves. Take up the cross daily and follow me. What does that look like? It means over the next 21 days, I'm going to deny myself. 
I'm going to get rid of anything that hinders your relationship with Jesus. So hear me. If your Spotify playlist is like, dude, Jesus couldn't even be in the car with me to listen to this playlist, right? It's got to go. It's got to go. The shows that we watch that we don't ever want our 14-year-old to walk in on, it's got to go. I'm going to daily commit to continuous prayer. So we're carving out some time, but we're also going to pray throughout the day. And we're going to follow the example of Jesus. Do you know Jesus fasted? Jesus prayed. And God did amazing things for him. And so I'm going to invite Pastor Jeremy up here with me as I close in prayer. Just believing that God has incredible things with us and for us. So would you please bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for you. I pray right now, God, that um, we wouldn't be intimidated in a bad way, but we would be challenged and encouraged that you are with us and we can do this. I love what Pastor Jeremy said this week in his newsletter, I can do hard things, but Father, I don't want to do it without you. So as we come here together this morning, we are committing the next 21 days to you. I pray, Father, give us that prayer focus. Speak to our hearts. Father, you gave me an Obi, but maybe there's someone in our lives that we need to be believing for. God, who is sick? Who is hurting? Who is brokenhearted? Who can I stand in the gap in knowing that you are going to do what only God can do? And I believe in the name of Jesus, I'm going to see a miracle. We're going to experience breakthrough. Father, you are our reward. So Jesus, I'm so grateful for you and all that you're doing. I trust you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. Amen and amen. Come on, everybody, give a, give a shout this morning. And um, man, I just want to uh, just challenge you. And that was such a great message, such a great word. I am challenged. I'm encouraged. Um, man, I didn't want to fast, but now I'm going to, okay? But here's, I'm going to ask just two quick questions. Maybe, maybe you even feel like you know, we're praying for our friends, praying for our church. Um, but maybe you feel like you feel stuck or stagnant. Maybe even the excitement of life is just kind of gone. I encourage you to fast. Maybe, maybe you, 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 you've been there, done that, Pastor. Grew up in church. You know, I'm going to heaven. I got all that I need. I encourage you. I encourage you to fast as well. Yes be able to see what, what, what God is going to do in our lives, but also, man, what, what, what will take place in an entire church of 200, 300 people would humble themselves and pray, yes. and we would fast, see what God's going to do this year. Friends, we, we, we as, a corporate, as, as a corporate body, we cannot stay here. As an individual, you cannot stay where you're at. Yeah. I believe God has yeah. so much more for us. And so that's been our prayer. But do me a favor. Will you put, just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? And I want you to just take 30, 30 to 60 seconds with the Holy Spirit. And just allow him to speak to you. Jesus was praying in the garden before he was going to go to the cross. He asked his disciples to pray with him. He came back and they were falling asleep. It was, it was in the middle of the night. He said, could you not tarry for one hour? But he said, but the spirit is so willing, but our flesh is weak. Yeah. 
the flesh wants the comforts of this world, the distractions of this world. But I pray that we tell our flesh who's really in charge. It's the Spirit of God. I just got a burden for uh, this year. I feel like there's individuals individuals in this room, man. This, we can go back years and years. And I even Somebody even asked me, how's it going? I said, going from one crisis to the nothing. to God's word, I'm going to go from blessing to blessing to blessing. Yes. Maybe you need a fresh start today. The Bible says when we repent of our sins, it sins, it's, it's so much. It could be complacency, it could be comfort, it could be addictions, it could be sin itself. When we confess with our mouth that he is Lord of our life, repent of our sins, the Bible says we become a new creation. How appropriate would it be today for us to become new creations? I'm talking online as well. We become new creations. And then we purge our body tomorrow for 21 days. Pray. We fast. We begin to see miracles, signs and wonders, prayers answered. May the deaf hear, the lame walk. Yes. We begin to yes. see a church thrive. Yes. We begin to see a city get saved. Yes. Because if we humble ourselves, we stand according to God's promises. So if that's you today and you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I've done it before. I've never done it before. I just want you to just raise a hand. I'm going to pray over you today. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just put a hand up. It's okay. Put a hand up. And you know, I even feel a sense of renewing. I got my hand up as well. Man, Pastor got saved today. Come on, somebody. Because I want to see God do a new thing in me and in our church. Online audience, I want you to also hit that hit that like button on there that signifies I'm giving my life to Jesus today. And I want every single person to pray this prayer out loud, whether you're in your living room, your kitchen, or you're driving. I want you to repeat this with me here in this room as well. I want everyone to lift your voice and say, Dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So I repent of my sins. I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my heart the best way I know how I'm going to live for you because I now know who I am come on raise your voice I'm saved I'm redeemed I'm a child of God